0: Hello and welcome again to NCC Audio Podcast. And I am your host, Nicholas Carlton-Chamberlain. In today's episode, we have something slightly different. We got a little bit of change, as I would say. Usually, we, we've been having Mr. Brandon Manderson as my guest each week. And we fired that guy. <laughs> we so fired got... him. was that? <laughs> <laughs> but lo, lo and behold, we have um, a co-host this week. It's Mr. Brandon Manderson. Hey, Brandon! Wow, I got the promotion. So, <laughs> next man telling me he's going to give me the promotion, and here it is. <laughs> here it is, and but what makes it also super exciting is we have a new guest. Wow, I got replaced <laughs> got real replaced. quick. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> and so, um, we have Scott Stevens. Hello. Hey, Scott. How's it going? It's, oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's. I'm so glad you're here. So, Scott Stevens is. music composer. And that's why we are interviewing him or talking with him today. Because here on NCC Audio, we talk about all things music, all things audio from, you know, all audio careers. We talk about audio gear and helpful techniques. And today we are going to be talking with Scott about music composition. Cool. So Scott, what made you want to become a composer?
1: Okay, so... I started, I started on piano years ago when I was mm-hmm. in third grade, and the long story short is, when you play classical music, at least if you're me, you get real nervous, yeah. and you're going, oh man, if I play a wrong note, someone's totally gonna know. Yeah. And so if you write your own music, I mean, people just kind of assume, oh, he must have meant to do that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I just kind of started uh, fooling around on the piano while concurrently, you know, having to still play and practice the stuff I had to practice. But yeah, over over years, finally ended up in college, going like, yeah, I think this is this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably like the second year of college, I went, ah, music and films. Yes,
0: this seems this seems interesting. So yeah, chased it. I kind of had a similar thing in college. I was uh, started off as a percussion performance major, nice, and so I would go into the practice room and start practicing the music I wanted to practice, but then I got quickly bored of that, and I just started you know messing around and, like creating my oh, own yeah.
2: things. Yeah, I had a similar thing in college too, where I was it's like, "I'm gonna play it. baseball," and, then, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it worked out. <laughs> yeah, and it worked out. No, but then you could have like a similar thing to that, right? So with baseball, you could just be practicing sw- throwing over and over and over. And then you're getting kind of like bored. Oh, yeah. So you want to
2: like I could write a whole book of life lessons from baseball.
0: <laughs> and then yeah, you just take it to your own. Don't spit next seeds level. in your
2: room. I should <laughs> I should, I should
1: add to, you know, with, with music composition, mm-hmm. I was I was, you know, I'm classically trained and when I was in college I was going the classical composer route. Yeah. Um, but during that period through introduction introductions through like family friends and then like kind of chasing some of those connections, I got to meet um, a couple orchestrators who also work uh, on the film side of things, uh, well, music and film, they, they kind of make the scores happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that, got a lot more interested and was able mm-hmm. to get really valuable input. And I think for, for anyone starting out, it's never too soon to start asking questions mm-hmm. to some, either someone you know or if there's a friend of a friend. Like My experience was that uh, as I... Pursued film composition as a vocation. I was really surprised at how many mm-hmm. people were just happy to give give me helpful tips or point me towards resources and go, "Oh, this really helped me." Or like, "You should talk to so and so." So yeah, it's a really supportive community. It, some people get the the mistaken impression that it's really cutthroat. It's just like, yeah. "Oh, we're all against each other." But <laughs> no everyone everyone has has their own sound and stuff to contribute.
0: Yeah, kind of. For me, I'm on the you know out of outer edge, looking in on the film uh, composer industry and one thing you um, taught me about it was like last year was the Spitfire
1: lab oh, so good yes yeah so
0: I, I I've had it in my to-do list to look at it and I finally did that the last couple of weeks and so it's super nice and you're right they give like seven free samples of to choose from I was like wow why are they giving away these great sounding samples and then I looked more into their um, their products and those products are super intense. Oh my god. I was like, okay, that's why they're giving away that for free so you can get to their product. There. They're incredible. And actually, I had it so
1: I wasn't I didn't expect this, but I went to uh, the NAM Music Conference mm-hmm. this year in LA. Um happens every January and you know, it's it's a huge convention center and you know, you you there's no guarantee you're going to get to meet or shake hands with the people that you, you know, you've been learning from mm-hmm. or see on YouTube. But, um, I actually had a chance to say hi to Christian from Spitfire and he was, he was really just oh, perfect, wow. perfect yeah. gentleman, very jovial, very helpful. And I, I told him, you know, for it's what you're producing is helping me as a composer, but also for the students that I teach, you know, I'm able to pass them on, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, or turn them on to those resources. And, um, yeah, there's, uh, we don't. We don't need to get like super super nerdy into it. I guess just just too soon. But I can tell you, there's there's already a lot of things I've changed in my workflow just from having learned at the at the feet of the Spitfire Audio gurus.
0: So, oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome.
2: I think that's such a cool part about like the time we're in now is that there's like so much stuff out there on the internet that mm-hmm. that you can take like you can constantly be learning through other people like that, and then teaching it to your um, students, and then. Like eventually, like we're all going to be at such a high level of just from learning all this like internet stuff that you and your students could work together one day and and do things like that. I don't know. I just think that's such a cool opportunity that we have right now.
0: I know. And it's kind of been a little difficult for me as an audio engineer because the more I learn, the more I realized I have more to learn. Mm -hmm. And then there's multiple (laughs) different aspects of audio that I can learn And so I'm like, okay, so am I supposed to pick one path and just go down that and learn as much as I can? Or do I just kind of start picking and choosing what I like and learning as much as I like at that moment in time? Something really cool, let me just share there. Mm -hmm. So when I was living in Los Angeles right out of grad
1: school, um, I had the opportunity to help a friend on a project that ultimately ended up recording at Capitol Studios. And so I'm sitting there and the lead engineer, the guy who's, you know, lord of the board essentially... Uh, got to talking with one of the producers on the album. And, you know, they're they're both consummate professionals, but they both were talking about new techniques that they were mm-hmm. learning about and trying. And, you know, these are guys who've been doing this for decades um, and are working and producing at the highest level. And so to hear them and go, oh, my gosh, they're students of the art still yeah. is encouraging. So, yeah, you can, uh, there, there's always more to learn. Yeah. You, you have to be choosy, I think. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I've learned is that if... So we do live in um, a time when there's so many resources online, and that's that's great. But you do need to be choosy. Spitfire, I'll vouch for. Mm-hmm. I found them to be, you know, at least personally, I found them very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, if if you look at any of their client roster or see who they're interviewing, you know, they're they're a trusted source industry wide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just you gotta be you gotta be careful because some sometimes if you don't go to a trusted source, you'll end up. Getting, getting something that you assume is proper practice and oh, realize, yeah, oh, true. there was a better way to do this or, oh, this is, you know. Not, yeah, that's yeah. a
0: very good thing to be on the lookout for, for sure.
2: Yeah, and that's 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 good to hear too from you being a classically trained musician mm-hmm. going into, like, the other part of this this time that we're in now is exactly what you're saying, is that there's a lot of people that are just self-taught that, like, have just learned <laughs> things off of the internet. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but there's so much value in trying it yeah. and then messing yeah. up, right? Because yep. mm-hmm. you learn how to you know
0: mm-hmm. the that's awesome a school
1: of diy is good but there's there's nothing like a mentor everyone yeah. everyone needs a yoda yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that's awesome all right so i just wanted to get to know what does a normal day The life of a composer look like
1: oh yeah um well i wish i could say it's lots of conversations with directors and fancy lunches but no it's honestly 98 percent of the time i'm looking for the next the next job and then the two percent the really exciting two percent is when you're you're getting your hands dirty you're getting creative and so um so yeah i mean every day i'm looking for new opportunities and then throughout the week i try and figure out how to optimize my workflow Mm -hmm. which it's, you know, it's maybe not the sexy side of writing music, but um, when you start, like the Spitfire videos, right, you start looking at some of the ways, even just data archival, the mm-hmm. way that they have those systems in place, the way that they keep track of cues, the way that, you know, there's there's all these systems in place that ultimately allow you to be more creative and spend more time on creative things, specifically the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I do have a project, like right now I'm writing a, a or helping a friend out with a, with a musical and... So I'll start start in the morning and uh, you know try and put in a few good hours. And I'm not good about this, but if I had to give advice and say you know, do as I say, not as much as I do. This is as much for me as, as anyone else is. Uh, take time to go for a walk. Yeah. Uh, don't don't sit for yeah. seven hours because that'll that'll mess mess you over.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's very true. And then that that correlates to if I'm mixing a song, you know, after a few hours of mixing it, you're already changing. Um, you know, certain elements like you changed the EQ to this drum that you thought sounded good, but now your ears are getting a little fatigued. And yes. then if you're like, well, I wanted it to be a little brighter, you're right. And, but then it's going to be too bright, you know, or right. something like that. You got to make sure you step out, give your ears a break, and mm-hmm. walk around. Mm mm-hmm. I
1: actually, on the EQ note, uh-huh. I, this is embarrassing, but I, <laughs> I spent probably a good 10 minutes one time trying to EQ this like random B flat. That was happening, and it wasn't until after the 10 minutes I realized it was a
0: fan. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, my gosh. Come on, Scott. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, how does it work with a, a project? Just, yeah, how does that start out? Yeah, um, so from, like, the, the
1: seeking it out or from, like, once you have a collaborator and a, a set thing
0: let's say once you found something yeah,
1: yeah. so um, well we could we could use the example of when I did the theme for for you guys for okay Catholic, that'd be Catholic great answers. so exactly. um, so yeah what I try to find out is uh, you know what What the needs are specifically, and not—you don't always have the luxury of knowing that. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, let's say—I mean, you didn't ask me this, but let's say you're like, "Yeah, we want Star Wars," and I'm going, (laughs) "Uh, (laughs) "Are we going to hire the London Symphony Orchestra?" Like, (laughs) "Okay, (laughs) cool, that sounds good to me." You're like, "Oh no, that's—you know—we're thinking smaller scale." yeah, I would just try and analyze. Like, okay, what is it about Star Wars that that you want? Is it you know the French horn sound or something? Um, so when I worked with you, we sort of established you need something edgy, something modern, something pop rock, but not not too throwback. Something mm-hmm. that has some modern production in it. And so. Um, you try and dial in the genre. I try to get a feel for what the ensemble size is going to be. Is it going to be like an indie rock band, or are we doing indeed like a full orchestral kind of thing, or mm-hmm. synthesized? Is it going to be more electronic? Um, and then once you have that, that can be almost the hardest part. Sometimes is getting the right sounds. Once you have the sounds together, then you know you can kind of move forward uh, from there. And so mm-hmm. the same is true of you know a, a podcast intro or a film. You know every every narrative or media that you're pairing music with is going to have sort of a, a, an inherent tempo. Mm-hmm. And so figuring out the pace, like what, what is the pace? What's it need to be? Is it kind of on the fassy, fast, push, pushy side? Or is it going to be slow? Is there a lot of swagger? Um, tempo determines so much. And if you start too slow or too fast, you can always change that. But it's worth it's worth taking a little bit of time at the uh, at the beginning to get a feel for that. And oh, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you like, and in, in, when we work together, you gave a reference track, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and um, you know, there's there's a lot of composers who push against reference tracks because they want to be able to come up with something original, which is is valid, right? That's a good that's a good thing. But um, at least for me, in this instance, I thought, oh, okay, this is actually really helpful. Like, I can get the vibe; I don't have to listen to it too many times, but just enough to go, okay. And now I can sort of distill
0: what from this they want. Okay, that's awesome. Quick question I yeah. have how much time do you spend Nick picking sounds because for me I can find let's just say I'm talking about like MIDI and virtual mm-hmm. instrument mm-hmm. samples so I need a kick drum right but then I have a list of a hundred kick drums to go through so how much time do you spend um, picking out the sample sound that you want to use and that's- how do you determine that you want that sound
1: yeah that's a good question um, it depends. I've been doing this long enough now that, for instance, if I was trying to produce like an epic trailer track or something, like I kind of already have a feel for what I'm going to go mm-hmm. for. Um, you don't want to just reach for the same thing every time because then, you know, there's no there's no variety, no spice. So you okay. do want to make sure that you are very choosy about at least one element, like give give everything a unique sonic identity. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah i I try to be choosy, and so um I'll audition different drum sets uh sometimes there's like you know you're looking for a really hairy, buzzy synth, and you know it's just it's it's the ten to twenty minutes of okay, I need the right <laughs> sound um so uh I'm gonna just come back to uh I think it was Leonard Bernstein who said this, but someone asked him once like what you know what's the most inspiring thing for you, and he said deadlines yeah um, so in answer to your question, you know, Super true. deadline Deadlines. has a lot to do with that. If you're like, Hey, I need it yesterday. Um, cause I've had those kinds of calls, you know,
0: it's, uh-huh. it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't have a lot of time
1: no. <laughs> pick something and run.
0: <laughs> no, that is very helpful to have a deadline. And, um, I guess for me on this past 48, we worked on Brandon and I last week, I just had one hour to pick the instruments I wanted. So I, just you know, went through, picked the instruments, and it's like, okay, dialed in the sound, and now it's we gotta start creating, mm-hmm. and so that you know, deadlines are helpful because if I had a couple of weeks, I'd be like, I would just be like, no, that organ sound's not quite right, or the honky tonk piano's not quite honky enough. Well, you you hear a lot of people say uh-huh. too, like, uh,
1: you know, setting parameters is really important for creativity, mm-hmm. and it can feel like. everyone says that come on it's not going to apply to me like i have all the time i'm going to spend a lot of time on what it no set parameters for yourself because if you don't then you just can't keep moving forward and Mm -hmm. um yeah if you even if you just decide at the outset like okay here's here's like five different drum sets i'm not thrilled on any any one of them right at the moment but i'm going to commit to one of them Mm -hmm. at least you can move forward right Mm -hmm. um so yeah
2: or you could always uh take the other approach it's you know, if you wait to the last minute, it only takes a minute.
0: That's exactly <laughs> right. One minute composition. That <laughs> is great. OK, so let's get into something a little more technical. What kind of software do you use and what's your setup looking like
1: yeah so okay when it's changed when uh-huh. I when I started in grad school I was using logic Pro 9 okay and they've since dropped yep. support so I haven't updated my <laughs> OS on, <laughs> on my Mac pro or my MacBook for a while uh, so I don't lose those or can't open those sessions because I've not made the upgrade yeah. Um, but uh, now I work in Pro Tools, um, and they're very nearly the current version. I actually need to update it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I found that really robust. Uh, it's there's so m- there's so many good DAWs now. It yeah. just kind of depends on who you're going to work most closely with. But Pro Tools is the industry standard, and the engineer that I work with the most um, to, for mixing uses Pro Tools. So mm-hmm. we actually spent like almost almost two days straight, you know, making a template. So that we can have a seamless handoff, oh, wow. um, yeah. which is huge. Very yeah, huge. so I use Pro Tools. Um, as far as like my my writing rig, I've got the Mac Mac Trash Can. Um, oh, cool. Which is a beast. It's, it's as they say, it really is a beast. I've got a fairly large monitor, um, which for bigger sessions is very helpful because once you get a high track count, that occupies a lot of screen real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes you need to be able to see the session and lyrics at the same time. Um, So, yeah, what, what other, what, do you want to know about any of the gear or? Move on.
0: No, that's pretty cool. And so how much virtual instruments do you use compared to real instruments? Yeah. Okay. So right now it's probably about
1: 95% virtual, 5% Mm -hmm. real, you know, or live. One of the things that you hear in a lot of movie scores is like a thing called ostinatos, right? These repeated rhythms. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, those are those are really handy because sometimes you have to just crank this stuff out. Um, but if you think of something like, um, I, well, we always tout John Williams as sort of the, the peak of, of uh, writing for a lot of things, but um, the Schindler's List theme, right? That mm-hmm. would be really hard to make. A virtual instrument sound that real. It, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't pull your heartstrings the way that a live player does. And so anytime that there is a budget to incorporate a live player, I, you know, I, I will try and do that. So when I did the Catholic answer stuff, I, I was playing
0: the guitar, you know, and some yeah. of that going like, all right, sweet, I can, you know, I am the, the live element. Okay, that's great. So um, you mentioned your, um, your partner, Mm-hmm. So let me get that right. So you will write the song and you come up with all the audio tracks mm-hmm. and then you send those to your work partner and he, then he'll mix them down. That's, That's correct.
1: He, okay. So, yeah, his name's Ben Eggehorn. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you ever need, like, if, if you need quality assurance, he's he's, he's the one. Um but yeah, so I write, uh, I'm, I've got MIDI things that are triggering uh, the instruments and I'm hearing it all real time. But before I, before I send that off to Ben, I try and render that off to audio first mm-hmm. and print it um, for composers who are just starting out, um, especially when you're trying to have a really big orchestral sound. You know, if you're running off a laptop, they're more robust than they used to be, but it's a good idea to use the freeze function um, in Logic or Pro Tools because that frees up the computer to, mm-hmm. you know, be, do, do more heavy lifting in other, other places. So, yeah, I rendered audio and then passed that on to, to Ben with the MIDI still in the in the session.
0: Okay, um, okay,
1: yeah. Do, have you used the the cloud collaboration much in Pro Tools?
0: Not yet. I actually just updated my Pro Tools as well because I was on Pro Tools 10 from yes. my 2009 MacBook, and then I tried updating and nothing was working, so I had to actually update my entire system as well. Yeah. And now I'm currently trying to pay that off. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's real. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of one of the
1: workarounds, I mean, and this, again, it's the day we live in, right? You can collaborate with people pretty much anywhere in the world, and so... Mm. I started using um, Pro Tools and I love using it with my, my buddy Ben because I can upload a session to the cloud. He downloads it and, you know, boom, he's off to the races, especially wow. now that we have kind of a, a, a template that will allow for seamless pass off. Right. I can route everything where it needs to go. He opens it. Doesn't have to reroute anything. You know, it's yeah. just it's all
0: there. Wow, that's awesome. So Brandon and I, are trying to we try to do the same format with Adobe Audition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He gets his um, mixed down with his video and audio, and then he'll send me the Adobe Premiere session, and I'll open it up in my Adobe Audition set- session, and that's where I will edit and mix the audio for his film. Mm-hmm. And then I also use the Pro Tools for when I'm mixing and mastering audio as well. Nice. And it's cool because... Um, all the plugins, the third-party plugins, are able to work with Pro Tools or Adobe Audition. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome mm-hmm. having all these tools at our disposal nowadays.
1: Yeah, you know, speaking of the the pass-off, uh, so one of the things that I've been I, I've learned is, you know, there's there's the fancy plugins, right? Yeah. There's the things where like if you're producing a song, it's like this is gonna get the sound, right? Or like, <laughs> this is gonna get the color. Um, and those are those are great. They're so good for creative songwriting and such. But when it comes to um, film scoring Mm -hmm. uh actually if you're if you're working with an engineer and you know you're going to be passing stuff off it's good to actually just grab sort of a market variety um so you know pro tools has some great plugins and since in a lot of a lot of post-production studios i've been told they you know they're they're using just the default Mm -hmm. uh, plugins because that's what everybody has if you need to pull in a special tool that's fine or if there's something that's like integral right to keep preserving the sound and the color or the timbre of whatever you've created. Like, yeah, you can, you can print and render that, but, um, yeah, like I, I've got reverbs and, um, I'll use those to, to kind of help with the inspiration of writing. But then, uh, usually my, my buddy will just kind of not, you know, take the instance <laughs> yeah, off yeah. and, and, and then make it sound way better with, uh, his bag of tricks or, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually in the process of trying to just get some, some default settings that are, are good with what comes in out of the box.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's great. And very helpful.
2: Thanks Scott. Yeah, that is super helpful. Cause sometimes yeah. I'll like, at least from a video perspective, I'll like, edit down my audio a little bit just like for my reference and then mm-hmm. send it to nick and then i watch nick like taking off everything <laughs> i did he's like yeah this is terrible why is <laughs> it like, <so> <laughs> i don't say
0: that <laughs> no
2: Sorry. you don't say it. you just you have your actions proving it <laughs> it's okay <laughs> no i'm totally kidding i trust you all you guys way better than i you know, so oh my
0: goodness all right now as we're coming to a close scott do you have any like memorable project that you just really sticks out to that you would like to talk about? Yeah. Um, so the very
1: first documentary I did was with a guy who was working out of London. Um, mm-hmm. his name is Tom Valant and we've since done a lot of projects since, but it was crazy cause it was a Mount Everest documentary and I got this email saying, Hey, do you want a sports documentary? And I'm going like, well, I don't really watch sports a whole lot, <laughs> but, uh, Oh it's oh it's a, it's climbing it's adventure like okay cool oh, I'm into that and um yeah I did a kickstarter for it and it was just a great experience because it allowed me to work with a lot of collaborators mm-hmm. um live musicians and mix it down and like involve a community that really felt like they they made it happen because they did mm-hmm. um so yeah that was that was one of the earlier and best experiences that I've had simply because of the community. Because it takes a village, right? Writing mm-hmm, music, mm-hmm. when you're filming, when you're editing it down, like it's a very reclusive art form. Um, but any
0: chance you have to involve other people is just the best. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. Where can um, people go to find, to learn more about you and find take a look at your projects?
1: Yeah. So I have music posted at www.scottastevens.com. That's Scott A, as in Albert. Uh, that's not my <laughs> cool. middle name, but <laughs> hey, Stevens.com. Stevens. Cool. Yeah,
0: click on the listen link there. Awesome. So. Thank you so much for coming in today and thanks visiting for with us, Scott. And thank you so much, Brandon, for co-hosting me through this podcast experience. Oh, thanks, Nick. Anytime. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be here. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much, everyone. Peace out.